Hello, everybody. Welcome to Infused. It's December. It's the holiday season. It's the time of gifts and giving. And it really is a, a gift for me to be here uh, with the two people who are joining me once again. Uh, Mike Patterson, say hello, Mike. Hello, everyone. Season's greetings. Season's greetings to you, my friend. And Francesca. Hi, Mary everything. <laughs> Mary everything. Now, I can't, I can't help but notice uh, you're dressed uh, seasonably appropriate, uh, but for the wrong season. So uh, let's, <laughs> let's cut this, Frank, and we're going to save this for the Easter uh, season. Uh, no, I, I love the gear. I love the, the, the festive nature of this. It's always been a great time uh, with our team at Alias Can. Uh, love the holidays, and I love what we have for you today. Uh, in particular, it might be hard to believe, but this year, 2020, is in fact winding down. It's drawing to a close. It seems like it's been the month of March for 287 years, but we're finally here in December. It's the holiday season. And honestly, the past 12 months have uh, just, uh, you know, we've seen challenge after challenge uh, for our, our people, for our world, our planet that we all share. And um, we don't want to overlook the fact that 2020 has left behind some gifts, in particular uh, for our community and the cannabis community, 2020 has done some really interesting things. So today, uh, our little gang here, we're going to take a look. We're going to unwrap the gifts that 2020 has left us. And we'll also take a look at yes. what they mean for our future. Um, and there's also one thing, well, don't let me forget this at the end, guys. Uh, at the end of this, we want to talk a, a little bit about what's coming uh, in 2021, in particular for Infused. We have some exciting changes for the future. And uh, so we, we've got a good show for you today. And yeah, towards the end, we're going to have our normal little uh, fun rundown and, and, you know, kind of engage in some holiday cheer. <laughs> so, but let's, um, let's, let's get right to it, shall we? Let's, let's talk about some of these gifts. Mike, uh, the cannabis community uh, has, you know, we've received a few gifts. Could you do the honors of unwrapping? I would be happy to start. Um, so I have a gift here. So just actually, before I open this, do you guys like to give or receive gifts more like during the holidays? Definitely receive. No, give, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. True, no false. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I... Yeah. I, I honestly like, uh, I do like giving gifts. I love when people are surprised. I love when they are, uh, you, know, over, you know, overjoyed by how great my selection of gifts are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I can give a really good gift, a gift if I can surprise somebody and really nail it and make them like super excited and happy, it's right. the best feeling. But I'm not going to knock receiving gifts either. They're I feel like receiving, awesome. receiving is a lot of pressure. Because <laughs> I agree. If, if it's like there's always a bunch of people watching and if you don't have the right reaction, like it could be misconstrued or like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a lot of re a lot of pressure to receive a gift that. in front of oh, like, yeah. a, a crowd. I'm right there with you, Mike, especially yeah. if you have if you have like a particular relative that you love, but just gives the shittiest gifts. <laughs> I, I just remember having a, as a teenager being like, oh, good. Um, it's historical fiction about Elizabeth. Uh, great. What a great gift. No. See, you got to learn to act your way out of that. You're excited no matter what it is. And isn't yeah. it great and all that. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> but Mike said, like Mike said, it's tough. It's a job. It's, it's tough. So anyway, so I'm pleased to open this first gift of the show, yeah, which says uh, joy the, to the world, joy on to it. the world, a beautiful box. And I will now open this up and, <laughs> and drop it <laughs> and dropped it. It is the wrong reaction. Oh. So <laughs> gift number one to the cannabis community is that cannabis is essential. Yay! Hell yeah. All That's right. a good gift. Wow. So this one, if we look at it, I guess we're a couple months into the 2020 calendar. It's uh, March, something called COVID-19 hits. However, that spurs this amazing moment for cannabis. It really does. And, and look, I think it's easy to overlook because of how many news stories we've had to suffer through this year. Story after story after story. This really couldn't compete with it. But look, cannabis is essential as a phrase and as a reality. This is a watershed moment for our community. People that sure. are passionate about this plant, um, uh, people that are advocates. We, we've been waiting years to take real steps toward legitimacy. Mike, you opened, you unwrapped that gift. What did that mean for you, that announcement? I think the word you just said is kind of where I sat on this whole thing, what really landed with me, which is that it's legitimate and it added to the legitimacy of the medical aspects of it, of the economic aspects of it, of the societal aspects. I mean, all around the country, you saw uh, what was brick and mortar stores before become important brick and mortar stores to the fabric of our society. And I think that was a huge, huge uh, step forward for the cannabis community and really legitimized the the need to have continued support of the product and of the of the businesses that are in this industry that many times have it harder than any other business in out there in society Absolutely. and yet they've managed to to grind it through uh, without help from the government just on their own doing and have made 2020 um, you know a success for their for their business yeah, and I think it's it's so interesting because it's it legitimized everything, like you said, Mike. It also did it to the industry as a whole, as an industry, because, I mean, you and I, all three of us, all four of us have been at trade shows where people have come in from other mature industries and knocked what we're doing or how we're doing it, not us personally, but just cannabis in general. Or people have wondered, is it even going to last? Is it a fad? Is it any of this? And now it's like, no, bitch, it's essential. And <laughs> it's staying around. I mean, think about when Trump got elected and, and um, named Jeff Sessions and everyone in cannabis freaked out right wasn't it just oh, like? yeah yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah all right you looked like i, I was wrong and I was, yeah, yeah it was did. so long ago but so it was nice. <laughs> but we were all like worried about what does this mean are we getting our you know all, all the efforts rolled back and no the answer is no there there doesn't seem to be much that can stop the momentum here and then to to know that to feel that but then to have le the legitimacy of it being deemed essential in a pandemic is huge. It's huge. It, right. it is. I, I look at I look at it, and I, I use like a parallel here. I remember a, a, a great quote talking about when when Mark Twain wrote The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn and saying that here's the big thing it did. You didn't get to you you had to listen to a human being in this man named Jim. So when you hear Jim's story, Jim demystifies. He takes all that away from this word slave, 
and replaces it with person, human being, story. I think with cannabis, it does very much the same thing where we demystify everything about this. And, you know, Mike used that term brick and mortar. We're getting our cannabis. This isn't a guy in a trench coat, like from our grade school uh, dare programs. This isn't, a, this isn't some sort of dark back alley where you go to get cannabis. This is a store. These are people that, that they're professionals. They're there to help you. Right, yeah. Um, and and I, I, I think it really does that. And isn't it interesting, Is another historical parallel, it's very much like the 18th Amendment. It was, a, you know, we had prohibition. And then what happens in the middle of the Great Depression? It's like, all right, man, shit kind of sucks. Let them have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we swing it. So we, we, we that helped to... Alcohol wasn't so much uh, vilified anymore. And I'm wondering if this is going to have the same effect on cannabis and the cannabis community. One of the things, Mike, that look, three months into this and Cannabis Essential is uh, announced. Tell me a little bit about how you felt sitting back watching business owners have to pivot barely three months into this new year and, you know, a month into a pandemic Look at how businesses shifted and, and made big, big changes in order to serve their patients and, and, and deliver. Yeah, it, it's been really interesting to watch it um, and also participate in it, too, if, from Alias Can standpoint, because, you know, it's just impressive to have to make that pivot in essentially no runway of time. So, you know, you have a, you have a traditional model that they're just starting to get comfortable with. And they're in, you know, things are going well and, and business is, is growing. And then all of a sudden you can't have people come to your store anymore. Um, so to pivot and to put in situations where you can still serve your patients and your customers through curbside pickup or, or by working together to create legislation that allows for delivery services where in states where they previously weren't allowed to have delivery services, that sort of coming together in, in the ingenuity and the togetherness and inclusiveness of the cannabis society as a whole is to me something that was extremely impressive and I have to say unique because I, you don't see industries working together and competitors working together because they know that you know they can do more together than they can do alone yeah. and so it's one of those things that I really admired the ingenuity and the drive and the creativity and the overall business acumen that these people came together with to create a solution that would in the end serve an audience of, of people that needed the cannabis. It's true. The, the, the idea of working together and that real communal aspect, it's hard to explain to people that aren't in the cannabis space, but we're like, no man, that that's genuine. And we have story after story about the early days of the pandemic where uh, we have a patient in Oklahoma. Well, I, I, my, my mother, I'm her caregiver. She needs this strain. This blue dream is the only thing that helps her sleep with as much pain as she's in. Uh, oh, we don't have it here. But if you go to Salisaw, this dispensary has, it. it's just these things that nobody's looking at. You're not cutting anybody's legs off. It's working together. And, and the, the spirit uh, of, of this community has been on, on full display. Did it make you pr uh, proud, Francesca, to be involved in this business? I was already proud to be involved in this business. I didn't, I didn't need anyone to tell me it was essential. I knew it was essential, but I think having that come from on high does something for people that were, have their reservations or their doubts or their fears. And I think it says um, if there is almost this 
almighty power that in that uh, of a government that we do have to turn to in a lot of ways in, in something like a, a pandemic to come down and say this thing that we also say is still a schedule one narcotic and that we also say is still illicit and illegal. Um, it's also essential. So you, you can see the, the, the myth crumbling and because it's turning in on itself because you can't have that kind of paradox. You can't have a government saying, yes, we can we'll let you regulate it and sell it and use it under certain circumstances. And yes, it's still illegal. And we're seeing now how that conflict is coming to a head. And I think um, COVID really helped accelerate the, I guess, um, advancement and the progress of it by having that essential designation. Um, because it is, it's, it's somebody's medicine. I mean, it's as essential recreationally and medically as anything else. Um, so if, if you need your, your pills to help you with pain, so do some people need cannabis. And um, it's just important that there was an acknowledgement of that. So yeah, I was, I was so excited, so proud, so happy because there was a lot of fear. I think whenever there's something that rocks the boat significantly when you're already in a dinghy, it's, it's really, it's really hard to get those waves coming in and crashing over you time and time again. You're afraid that your boat can sink, but it didn't, you know, we definitely got a life raft with, with that essential designation and we're going to ride it out for um, forever now. There's no going it's back. True. It's right. true. It, it is amazing. And Mike used a term, uh, I think, I think you said the word ingenuity and I was thinking, I don't know if another business could have done this that quickly, you know, during amidst all this, uh, right. it really is an amazing moment. So in this age of absolute anxiety, look what happened. So to the, to the fair 15 in the States that have it, smoke it, eat it. If you got it, <laughs> enjoy it. That's gift number one from right. 2020. Uh, we're going to move on to our second gift. Francesca, I believe that it was left at your location. So could you open it up for Wait, us? Before you do that, Francesca, I think you have to, you should have to put your full costume on in order to present the gift. Agreed. So Agreed. For those of you not watching, but listening, Francesca is dressed as Ralphie from a Christmas story in a full rabbit, pink rabbit outfit. So very like seasonal. Very it looks like a deranged <laughs> Easter bunny. Uh, Complete with the feet pajamas. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause thanks Mike. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really pay attention there, but thank, thank you. It, unless you're wearing the full gear, the gift doesn't count. So do you want to ruin Christmas? <laughs> Honestly. Ruin All Christmas. right. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, we're correct now. Francesca's dressed back. Ears uh, up. Let's go. Ears up. What, what's our <laughs> second all. gift? So our second gift in our peace on earth box is the Last Prisoner Project success oh, stories. Nice. Yes. Good gift. The best Goodness. gift. This is Love a this. true, true gift to our community, but our society as a whole. These guys are absolute game changers, in my opinion. Uh, please, everybody, follow them. Follow their, their, their accounts on uh, social media. But donate. Our, uh, donate. They have a great shop. You can get uh, amazing hoodies, gear, uh, to spread the word, to know and let people know that you support The Last Prisoner Project. A true gift delivered to the cannabis community, wrapped up 
in a huge green bow. Uh, we believe in the power, the potential, the promise of this movement. And uh, we also know we can't be here doing what we do without working to get some of the people that are locked up in there out and back into the society that, that is waiting for them. Francesca, you opened up the gift. Uh, tell me your thoughts about the fact that the last Prisoner Project was able to organize and, and get to work um, so well and, and their, their impact on 2020. I know I asked you quite a few, so. Yeah, well, there's so much to talk about when you, you talk about the Last Prisoner Project because they are really fighting the fight on such a ground level as each state decides to take on the fight of expunging criminal records for nonviolent possession, um, you know, in, those incarcerated for nonviolent possession of marijuana. Um, and so they, they are doing so much. One of the best stories that I've seen come out of 2020 is for um, a former, well, he's still technically a prisoner, um, Craig Sassal. So Craig's story is, is heartbreaking. And it's so, I mean, all of these stories illuminate the problems, the deep rooted problems with our justice system. And um, Craig, for those of you who don't know, was uh, a first time offender, nonviolent offender, and he was charged with uh, marijuana conspiracy because he was repairing refrigerated trucks that were all kind of torn up on the inside. Um, and those trucks were used to carry kilos of cannabis across state lines from one state to another. He did not drive the trucks. He did not pack the cannabis. He did not have any involvement uh, according to his testimony, in any way, and there's never been any evidence to show his involvement in in the conspiracy or the participation in this quote unquote conspiracy. Yet he um, was kind of, kind of coerced, kind of misled, kind of um, guided, unfortunately, to to plead guilty um, yeah, to yeah. these charges because he was being threatened with facing thirty to life, and um, he or 30 years and his attorney was basically like, look, you should probably plea. And even in his plea, his sentence um, was life without parole. He's spent 18 years, 18 years behind bars. The only reason he's at home with his daughter who has fought tirelessly to get him really out has. is because of COVID-19 So, um, and the compassionate release. He actually was slated to be released for uh, under compassionate release, but then it was revoked. Um, but then he, they, fortunately, they got it back installed. So he's 61. He's diabetic. He has severe lung issues. Um, he's, he's alleged cases of, of abuse in the prison. He's been incarcerated during the death of his son. He's been incarcerated during serious health crises. And technically, he's still under imprisonment. It's just life. It's just um, at home uh, confinement. So he's able to be with his daughter for the holidays. He's able to be out for now, but his sentence isn't finished. And I find that disgusting. It's reprehensible. It's, it's abhorrent. It's unforgivable. It's unconscionable. And I, and it's absolutely unjust. 
Well, it's one of these things too, where I believe uh, before I, I, I get Mike's take, I think it was one of these things too with Craig in particular. When I look at him, I'm looking at this, this blue collar, you want to use that term, like a, a, a typical American story. Mm-hmm. He's doing his job. And then the one thing I think that really screwed him was didn't he, didn't he refuse to take a plea deal? Right. Yeah, yeah. Everybody like that he was supposedly in a conspiracy with. Uh, and this is this is what I mean. It was like we're gonna keep this yeah. guy. We're gonna keep this guy behind bars. We're gonna teach this guy a lesson. Shame on you. Uh, yeah, they entered. You know, th- th- this is this is quite the year for them, Mike. 2020 in a year where people struggled to uh, get a lot of things done. Not this group. The last prisoner project kind of t- took the bull by the horns and said during the the months of COVID, here we go. Right, right. You know, the thing about this case that really jumps at me is that I always thought that law enforcement and prosecutors try to go after the kingpins and the people that are higher up in the food chain. And they basically got the guy who is at the very bottom of the food chain on this. And I just, it just goes against everything you, you think you know about the prosecutor system and the justice system. And, you know, and so it's saddening to see how that, how this kind of played out in reverse. And I think the other thing that really jumps at me, and this is, I was, I said this to Francesca when we were talking about this case in particular, I said, so if somebody flies in um, a bunch of, you know, marijuana on a commercial airline, then that means the person who put gas in that airplane is now also just as guilty as the people that are part of the conspiracy. Or the, yeah. Or the pilot or the person yeah. that brought the meals on board. I mean, if, it's so if they're, they're easy really to just, collar. Yeah. Exactly. And it just makes no sense. And it's, it's just mind boggling that it hasn't, it took 18 years to figure this out for this gentleman. Yeah. And it's not even done yet. And, and, and the thing is, is like he had a minimum of 10 years. He had um, a five year, I think, um, suspended release and then potential for up to 4 million in fines. So you can not only take away his life and his freedom, but then you can, once he's released, still have a threat of this financial burden that would be insurmountable for most people. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's why, why, why is my big question. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. When you get into the nuts and bones of that, uh, uh, nuts and bolts, excuse me, of that one, it's, it's just like you both said, it's just infuriating. You're talking about 18 Christmases, 18 Thanksgiving. I don't know how many special events, his son's death. Oh my God. So I, I really think that bringing together a, a, a team and organizing the way this, this organization has, uh, they're armed with energy, with intellect, with passion and conviction. So I, I really can't stress enough uh, go to their website. You'll learn stories that they're not just there. You're not going to be mad all the time, but it's going to motivate you uh, to do something, to write, to, to listen, uh, to get involved any way you can. Because even, you know, they, they helped out Sean Worsley this, this year. I mean, yeah, Craig Sazal wasn't even the only prisoner oh. that they helped. Yeah, do you want to mention Sean real quick? Yeah, so, um, go ahead, Mike. You, you read more no, about you, him than I did. No, I, I think the thing with Sean that's it really kind of landmark for me. I mean, this Sean's a, a military veteran, served 14 months in Iraq, uh, was injured, uh, you know, physically has PTSD. Purple and, Heart winner. Yep. Purple Heart winner. Yep. I mean, decorated soldier. I mean, it's 
perfect guy, right? He, yeah. he served his country. stand for yeah. and applaud for at every sporting event. Yeah, hell, hell yeah. Exactly. It's every yeah. big yeah. flag yeah. and support the troops guy. That's right. the guy. Yeah, so he he's from Arizona, I believe, where he has yeah. a medical a marijuana license. Yep. He was traveling to see family in the South. I think and he was traveling through Alabama, I believe it was, yep. where he was at a gas station and a police officer encountered him and for like a, a, a radio being too loud or something. And they smelled marijuana. Um, long story short, you know, they, they saw he had a license. They saw he had a prescription, you know, and he's carrying his prescription marijuana. And they decided that the best thing to do was to put him in jail and charge him with a <laughs> felony as opposed to a first time misdemeanor. And so they had a choice. I mean, they mm-hmm. all, the other choice they had was to say, thank you for your service. Please be safe on our roads. Thank because you. he wasn't driving. He wasn't impaired. His wife was driving. So, I mean, they could have saluted him and sent him on his way and urged, made sure they were safe. But instead, they decided to charge him with a felony. And that led to a, a number of different perilous path type things, one of which is that just his legal fees alone essentially caused his family to be on the brink of homelessness. My God. Um, then through all this, and there is, you know, some missed, uh, a missed court appearance, which caused him to be extradited back to Alabama, where he served, I believe, 10 months of a five-year sentence before he was recently released, uh, you know, in this fall. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things that's heartbreaking that like we we're like you know like Francesca described. I mean, this is a guy that when the NFL is st- doing the salute to service in October, I think you know these are the people that come onto the field and everybody applauds them. Uh, and and here you are that you know that's a podunk town in Alabama where marijuana is not legal at all, and, and also alcohol is not legal in that town mm-hmm. either. I learned it was a dry town, um, oh, so it was like footloose. He's driving through like footloose. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, so, and I get it. Alabama has their own laws and, and transporting, you know, marijuana is, is risky if you're going mm-hmm. from a legal state to a not legal. And, but to me, it was, a, it's the judgment of, of the authorities in Alabama that I can't get my head around and why they thought this was the best option for this gentleman and his family, um, as opposed to just saying, Hey, let's, let's move on here. And, you know, thank you for your service. And I hope, you know, I hope you, get to where you're going it's, it's mind-boggling yeah yeah from, no doubt from what i read mike i don't know if you saw this it was um he and his wife like you said they were getting gas at a gas station his wife was driving and she's his caregiver she's his guardian mm-hmm. because of his ptsd and his traumatic brain injury he needs somebody uh, a quarter pointing guardian and his wife was doing that lovingly of course and um he was outside of the car playing air guitar to the music that was too loud that violated the noise ordinance. And this right. officer crossed basically the parking lot to take care of it. The officer who's no longer serving on the force, whose Facebook is very telling of his stance on uh, race, because I think it's worthwhile to mention that Sean is black and his wife is black. And that I don't think that is um, incidental in in why he was treated the way he was treated and the fact that they were trying so hard to be compliant they lived in arizona they were traveling they got arrested in alabama all these court appearances and everything going back and forth they couldn't keep their home in arizona so they had to get because of the felony charge they had to get something in nevada and then that was only a temporary um home or, or residence because the only place they could get in such short notice was a month-to-month lease. So then the court said, nope, that doesn't count. You don't have permanent home to go home to. So come back to Al. I mean, it was just insane what these people have been through. This man who who went 
abroad who went to the places we would never go to to dismantle IEDs and save lives and drag bodies off roads. And he's now being shuffled around as part of a system that is just seems like hell bent determined to break him. Yeah. And he had a personal use of medical yes. prescribed marijuana. He didn't have a bale of grass <laughs> sitting in the trunk of his car. He had his own personal use. And, you know, and, it's, and, and again, I understand Alabama's laws are different than other laws. And, and, but at the same time, common sense has to always reign supreme in this sort of thing. And it just didn't there. Mike, that's the thing that bothers me. It's really, look, regardless of laws or whatever, you said it perfectly, it's really hard to get this situation wrong. And yeah. this guy did. Yeah, it's <laughs> time and time again. How can you not see it as intentional? Because look at look at some other, and I'm a, I'm a major like true crime, you know, goober. Um, Are you really? But look at like some of the other <laughs> violent, scary offenders out there that have served less time or similar time to both of these quote unquote criminals. I, so it's like, how are these people getting seven years or 20 years and Craig Zazal and um, Sean are just getting railroaded by this system that gives cuts to people that don't deserve it? It frustrates yeah. me so much because it's so, it's such a relic of the war on drugs. And, the, and guess what? Drugs want, we mm. won the war on drugs. So it's time to roll that shit back and forget about it. You lost, give it up. Find a new way. Do what Oregon's doing. Decriminalize. But, expunge. Let's go. The, but but the good thing is, you know, it never should have gone anywhere. You approach the guy because he's playing air guitar. Yeah, it might be a, a band you hate or something. Fine. You realize what you're in. You know, thank you for your service. See you on your way, sir. Uh, that's where it stops. No, it doesn't stop there. It goes into court. And you have somebody with a legal background who's been who's supposed to be uh, a person of sound judgment that allows this to, to keep going on. So at least, at the very least, this highlights our, our, our drastic need for reform. Um, but, but look, The Last Prisoner Project, we want to thank you. You truly are a gift uh, to our country and our Absolutely. community. And yeah. uh, to Craig Sizal, to his daughter, Lauren, who, who worked so hard, uh, and, and to, to Sean Worsley, uh, both of you, Merry Christmas, Sean. Thank and his you wife, your... Ebony, who's been, Ebony. had the heart surgery and has a long road ahead of her, too. Merry Christmas. Enjoy this one. Uh, we're behind you, and, and we're glad uh, that you're home this year. And so the th best gift that we could give as a cannabis community is to give to The Last Prisoner Project and make Please. their work easier by funding them. And then the best thing that we could do for everybody is to make Last Prisoner Project um, irrelevant by expunging all of the records automatically, blank, blank slates for everybody. That's their thing, to, to The Last Prisoner. To the yeah. last prisoner is free. Thank you so much, Last Prisoner Project, uh, and, and Merry Christmas to all their amazing team and the people they're helping. So there's gift two. It's out of the way now. Right. Mike, let's move along. And what what do we have? Uh, gift number three. I have another box here, mm -hmm. artfully decorated, and Looks inside. Nice. To Florida with love cookies Ooh. oh i think lucky i know this florida. one lucky florida. lucky ducks <laughs> so when mike just opened up florida with love 
cookies is coming to Florida and in particular to South Beach. And uh, this wow. announcement, this announcement, I know, let's just take a minute before, before I ask you to go and explain a little bit about why this is so special, Mike, man, just envision that. Yeah, I'm going to Miami for a few days. Ooh, they have that cookies uh, dispensary. It is, um, this was announced in, uh, I think the early days of September, uh, 2020. And I kind of remember that there was a group text that went off, uh, me, you, Francesca, uh, fifth year. We're like, oh my God. Uh, so Mike, <laughs> tell, me, tell us a little bit about what Cookies is and why this is, a, a, this is an event. Yeah, for, the, for those of you out there who don't know about Cookies, Cookies is probably one of the hottest, biggest growing strains, genetics of cannabis out there. It's it's really sweeping the country as they continue to set up uh, locations in new states. And actually, I think they're going to be international soon. So if you really look at what they're doing, they're, they're taking a very unique uh, strain, you know, genetic of a multiple, multiple different strains. The genetics they have are awesome. And they just branded them like geniuses. I mean, the names they have, the, the, the profiles of the different strains, it's just such great product and the general public is just taking to it like nothing we've really ever seen in the time we've been involved in this business and and so it's something that's really kind of catching on taking the, the country by storm and soon to be taking the world by storm they're going to be international soon they opened uh, last month uh they opened a store in denver i believe mm-hmm. And of course, Burner is the, the, he is the creative force behind cookies. Uh, Burner made his way through, he's done everything. The guy's a workhorse. Uh, he's a hip hop mogul. Uh, but man, cookies is, it's a phenom, Francesca. Have you ever seen anything like this, particularly in what we do? No, no, there's nothing like cookies. It's, um, it is the superstar. It is the Beyonce of cannabis right now. <laughs> I mean, it is queen and king of, um, of flour. And it's so impressive that somebody is taking all of their love, all of their passion for this flower and pouring it into perfection and then into commercialization and into availability. And his whole, you know, um, I guess momentum, his whole, no, his whole motive behind pushing it so widely is to make sure everybody has access to this incredibly um, high quality flower and this high quality experience that can help with so many different things. So I've never seen anything like it before. I hope to see many like it um, after because I think he's really going to be paving the road that others can then walk down and um, ride down and reinvent and build upon. And that's what's so exciting. Well, the thing about, let's, let's talk exciting, Mike. The, okay, South Florida. And we have our eyes on Florida. Uh, all of us do. We're, we're looking at the, the, the demographics there and the demand, the demand for, for more dispensaries, for better dispensaries. But take us behind the curtain just a little bit. For that area, uh, for the residents, for people looking for jobs, what does a cookies location bring to the table? Uh, like he, he once talked about flagship stores in major cities. Nobody's going to argue, but Miami is a major city. So we, we, we put down uh, a cookies location in Miami. What does that do for that locale? Well, I think it does a couple things for that locale. First and foremost, it's going to create jobs and it's going to create revenue that's going to come into that 
that area. So, you know, both from, you know, people and the disposable income that's down there, they're, they will be the ones standing in line just like everybody else when they have a drop. So, you know, when it comes down to getting Georgia pie or Gary or soap <laughs> or whatever it is that is their preference, the people get in line and they, and the lines are long and the lines are uh, filled with people who are in love with those products. And so it creates a lot of revenue. It creates a lot of jobs and it creates a lot of energy and buzz and even tourism for that matter. You know, you think about it, like it's a destination and, and if yep. people are down there on vacation, they're going to stop by because they want to be a part of that and experience it for themselves because they may not have it in their home state or home city. So it's, it's a very, very positive force and it's an economic juggernaut when it, in every place that it is. It really is. Economic juggernaut. Burner has said, I think this was a, an interview that he, was, uh, that he gave to Forbes magazine, his flagship stores will draw between $100,000 to $200,000 a day in some of these major cities. His store in Melrose, uh, $450,000. Four hundred and fifty thousand in one day, and that was the one we should we should uh, mention this too. That was the one that was actually ransacked uh, during the lootings uh, after uh, the tragic events with with George Floyd's death. And I remember, man, burn, talk about having a twenty twenty burner. His response to seeing millions of dollars of uninsured product walk out of his store was, "We can grow more flour, but we can't bring George Floyd back to life." I mean. This isn't a normal company, Francesca. This is, this is a visionary company. It's a game changer in, in so many ways. Do you agree? Yeah, I hope that it is the norm for cannabis. I hope that um, because so many, and this is why it's so important to support and to celebrate people like Burner and to say that yeah. this is a gift to the cannabis community and to the public at large, because we're not talking about corporate weed. We're talking about, we're not talking about somebody that came in, um, you know, what is it born on third and thinks they hit a triple. That's mm -hmm. not burner. You know, no. he, he made his way and that is huge to go from, um, being a, a minority and a person of color and the person that, that is often marginalized and on the fringes of society and is beaten down by it to being like, Nope, I run this and I own this. And now I get to employ people who would have been marginalized and infringed upon and beaten down. And I get to use that to empower them. That's how cannabis is more than an industry. It's a movement. It's a cause. It is definitely a reason to celebrate. Yeah, that's a reason to celebrate. And I think that Mike brought up, you know, he said it's a, it's a destination if there's a cookies in your city and it really is. So this, this gift goes back to gift number one. This, this again helps legitimize cannabis. It's just like when you're in, if you're in Brooklyn and you say, what the hell's that line around the corner? Oh, that's Lucali pizza. What people are going to wait two hours for a pizza, that pizza, they will. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing uh, with, 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 with this particular brand and, and the amazing strains. Mike, you've done work with, with, uh, you know, the demand for cookies. Right. I mean, you oh, yeah. know, you know, that Intimately. A, seen it <laughs> you know that an, a normal store that runs well will say, oh, shit, harvest time. We have more cookies. We mm -hmm. need to augment the staff suddenly. Have you seen something like that in cannabis? I, you know, I haven't really outside of cookies. I haven't seen the demand, you know, go five or 10 X on a single day. Like we've seen with cookie yeah. drops. So that's, you know, I think that's at least from my perspective and my visibility so far, 
uh, that's the biggest spike in demand that we've seen that we've been a part of helping people to manage. But I know there's other brands that are out there that are emerging, that are coming out, that are gaining traction that I think like Francesca's, I think they're kind of following in the footsteps or maybe kind of walking parallel to what Burner's done. But mm-hmm. it's, I think at this point, I think cookies is the preeminent one that's really has that following and that loyal fan base that will wait for hours, you know, to just, even if it's just to get one eighth of one of the strains, we've seen it. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and I think, you know, another thing I wanted to kind of build on Nick was, you know, he talked about the gift of all this. And I think one of the gifts in, in the legitimizing of cannabis, right. It was the first mm-hmm. point we talked about. And if you look at the impressive things that Burner's done with his brand and how he's taking, taken a strain and really turned it into a genetics that's, that's so consistent and so powerful and then taken that and build it into a brand and taken that brand and build it into an enterprise. And that's what he's done. And so his success in doing that is something that's helped the entire industry because now people can look at that and say, that's a sensational piece of work has nothing to do with that as cannabis or not cannabis. What he's done ranks him up there with anybody else that's done that on a, on a nationwide now global basis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's done it. And that's the impressive part to me because, you know, when you're growing a business and you hit a point where you've got to kind of, it's like a choose your own adventure book, right? So you've got to go one way or the other. And there's so many different options to choose from. And somehow he's managed to continue to stay true to the brand, to stay true to the roots and continue to be the same person that he is. And at the same time, he's been able to deal with the, how to scale it financially, how to scale it and keep the product quality consistent and how to keep the product volume churning out to meet the consumer demand out there. And that is hard as shit to do. And he's figured out how to do it with a plant, which makes it even harder. So that's to me is the impressive gift that he's delivered to our community in that it's another thing of legitimizing the business professionalism and acumen that people are bringing to the industry and, and bringing to the world. I'm so glad you phrased it that way, Mike, because it it, it really does make us consider or make us focus on one thing. This is a plant. This isn't like, well, I went to the Denver, uh, whatever burger joint, and it didn't taste as good as the one in Omaha. This is a plant and he's managed to keep the strains legitimate and genuine. And the other thing, the more you read about his operation, I mean, it, it really is, it's astounding. The fact that they employ people to do things like social monitoring, to, to hear what people, you know, to, to look at what people are saying about their product in other States, to check in on the people growing this product in other States. It, it, it's, it's unlike anything I've seen. And, and I think because we're dealing with, with uh, vegetation, it's, it's, it's even more impressive. I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm just blown away by this guy. Um, so cookies to South Beach, Florida. Merry Christmas. Yeah. You Big lucky, time, you lucky you bastard. Lucky yeah. bastard <laughs> you. When are they going to put one in Delaware? Ooh, Delaware getting could we, could we Delaware please. had a good 2022. <laughs> yeah. The first date, except when it met. No, I'm kidding. All right. Now, um, so all right. Merry Christmas, South Florida. Merry Christmas, Cookies. And, and Berner, thank you for what you've done uh, for our industry and our community. And, and my God, your, your hustle, your work ethic, and your ingenuity is, is just, it's motivating. So 
Merry Christmas to you. All right. That's our third gift. I hit myself in the head with that one. Francesca, can you yes. one more gift for the kids? We do have one last gift for our happy holidays. And that is the new Fab Five, a gift of the 2020 election. Ah, I Five. wondered if this was going to come up. <laughs> Not golden rings, five new rec states. <laughs> this is, well, not rec, but I mean, it, oh, wow. So here we have one German listener. So I want to say danke uh, to you. <laughs> and I don't know if you knew, uh, we just had this election here in, in, in the United States of America. Uh, like, any typical, like any typical <laughs> election here, it lasted for 5,000 days. Uh, Look, we knew cannabis was on the ballot. Did you think we were going to run the table, Francesca? I have to say I had very high hopes, but it exceeded even my expectations. And I'm so happy that we went five for five in this election because there's, it's a sign, it's a signal, you know, it's a signal of, as soon as you put it on a ballot, it's going to get passed. People have spoken. We want legalization. So states are paying attention. You have landmark things happening like um, medical and rec getting uh, legalized at the same time. You have a linchpin in the East, like New Jersey, coming in hot with their legalization of their recreational market. Uh, it's been fantastic, and I am so thrilled about it. Mike? Were you, did this, you know, meet your expectations, exceed your expectations as far as, as this last election and what cannabis was able to do? I think the election definitely exceeded my expectations because I didn't think all five would pass because um, it's just never really happened in prior elections. So I figured three or four is what I yeah. was really kind of banking on. Mm-hmm. And I was, and it was really from our, our home state of Delaware, I was really hoping for New Jersey. That was when I was watching most closely. Yeah. Um, but I was really, really happy to see five and like francesca said i mean how about south dakota just doing a double play and just getting it done <laughs> going from that, zero to hero all of a sudden yeah. i mean that is unbelievable no that was absolutely historic uh, yeah <laughs> to quote you the double play and it's it's that one in particular i think south dakota is probably the one where people are like oh yeah did they pass it too because all eyes are on jersey at least out here mm-hmm. but when you look at south dakota um that one has more importance than I think people at first glance. I think when you give it a casual glance, you're like, ah, good for South Dakota. But something else happened here too. The fact that they shotgunned it and went wreck and and medical and they did it in one election, they did a lot to clean up any future litigation. Um, South Dakota is really, um, I don't know, do you think it's going to be a a blueprint for other states? Do do you think that the South Dakota I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the South Dakota gambit. Do you think that's something that's going to be repeated, Francesca? I think it could be. I I think it could be if um, it's tough because I feel like every state is in its own place in legalization. So knowing what's going on kind of behind the scenes is always hard. But Mm -hmm. when, when we're talking about they're considering legalization or they haven't crossed the line to deciding exactly how they're going to legalize. They absolutely should look to South Dakota and how they did it because you have so many things covered there that are issues in other legal states. You see 
California, which is such a big deal to legalize. And then ever since it's legalized, all we've seen is like headline after headline of how they messed it up. <laughs> and so here comes little South Dakota coming along being like, uh, I have a suggestion. And they... <laughs> just do it. And they're like, you know what? Let's expunge criminal records. Let's do medical and rec at the same time. Let's make this not insanely that's, taxed. Let's do this guys. If we're right. going to do That's exactly it. how the state of South Dakota sounds, by the way, it's a great uh, impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where we're, where we are in Delaware, we can, sometimes we can hear the, the traffic out on those Jersey highways that are jammed with broken heroes on last chance power drives. Mike, all, all eyes on Jersey, man. What, do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts? What are your hopes for the Garden State? So I think New Jersey is going to really set the tone for the East Coast. And, I, and I, like Francesca, I feel like these states are learning from the predecessors and they're seeing what mistakes other states are making and trying to handle that up front as much as they can. So I'm hoping that New Jersey comes through and, and really has a strong program from the, from the beginning. I have not seen what their tax rates are going to be. And that's something I'm watching closely because we know what happens if you tax it too high. Francesca, have you seen the tax rates? I have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All I saw was that their, their legalization statement was basically very broad and very simple. And um, they were saying to be, to be taxed at the um, current state tax rate, which I guess is 6.6 6 something, per, something yeah. percent. But individual i guess municipalities or counties yeah. or whatever can they'll have pack it on but they've already mentioned like guys this is how you feed the black market is to tax it too much and jersey's black market is choice right. so it's gonna they know they've got to pull that business away right so there hasn't been anything definitive Official. yet on taxes because it's going to be like county by county or townships or whatever yeah but so i'm really hoping they like francesca said if they tax it too high it's just going to be a bad thing and defeat itself but let's assume they they do it the right way i mean new jersey is a lot of people don't think of it this way if you're not from around this area but new jersey has a history of farming excellence like in this area their tomatoes as an example are known like people known to be the best people will drive over state lines to get their tomatoes now they'll drive over state lines to pick up some cannabis i guess no, i mean yeah. but, so i think you know their position their background their climate that sort of thing um farming tradition is there geographically it doesn't get a whole lot better than this if you're sitting in north jersey and you're a couple miles over a bridge to need to the people of new york city and manhattan that's a pretty big demographic over there i think yeah you, you <laughs> and then you've got connecticut to the north you got pennsylvania to the east and of course the real crown jewel of the east coast delaware sitting to the south <laughs> please hold your applause <laughs> really at the end of this episode poor delaware is gonna have some bruises it's getting punched around a lot you, you have the the garden state is is an enticing thing like mike said because they, these are people that know how to grow i mean this is this is this is the state where you go to get the good tomatoes to make the good gravy uh, or sauce, whatever you want to do. But it's, it's just in the enticement of the, the New York market, the domino effect that I think we're going to see ensue because Jersey went. And then we haven't even talked. We've got all the, think about the glass shops. Think about the smoke shops and the head shops there with the great, I want you guys to go to the bada bung. I want, you to take, I want you to take Christopher. You're going to go to the bottom bong. Um, this, is, this is great. I, I, I'm, I'm so excited uh, for what's going to happen. And in look, we're, we're going through a four-year period where we've had to give, uh, think about the money we've had to help out and, and give to farmers. 
let farmers grow cannabis. Yes. America. Yes. Farmers grow cannabis. Yeah. Along with hemp. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. Jersey's Jersey's so fascinating and cool as going rec legal. Um, not till January, 2021 guys. So just, you know, play it cool until then. But, um, (laughs) it means that we're very competitive over here in this mid Atlantic area. (laughs) <laughs> very competitive. Our, East, our East Coast flyers are going to kick the devil's asses, but Jersey's yeah, definitely kicking ass in terms of legalization. However, <laughs> it's like them them going is definitely a big like sign, and New York's going to get competitive. And sorry, Cuomo, it's going to have to happen. He knows it. He's already started to talk about it. And then PA is right there. PA's got a strong medical presence and they've been able to actually serve their market very well. And the only hurdle in PA right now is a a Republican um, uh, general assembly because, you know, Tom Wolf and and everybody's for it. So it's a matter of getting that implemented. So I think once that happens and then Delaware, Delaware will trot along and be like us too. Yeah. Us too. Probably. Um, Because otherwise we'll just take the 15 minute drive. Not a big deal. (laughs) Go to other States, which is why it's so great to be in this area. You can really dart in and out and, that competition and knowing that your people can move that easily makes it, it a lot, there's a lot more pressure on states to legalize and to be involved in it. Let me ask you guys this. You know, we talked, the first gift was that cannabis was essential. Do you think that the events of cannabis becoming essential back in April, you know, April-ish timeframe, do you think that helped the states to pass these, these measures when they did during the November elections? No question. I think it's without, I don't think there's any question about it that it did. I think the the pandemic forced people to take a hard look at industries that don't, that didn't shut down, industries that grew and flourished. And the the other effect of this too, like, you know, we were were smacking around Alabama a little while ago. You can't get the genie back in the bottle. Now, Mississippi, they're going to look over at Mississippi and they're going to be able to look at, look at what we don't have. Why the hell didn't we pass this? And, and, and so to Pennsylvania, so to Delaware, so to New York. Um, so that's a great question, Mike. But I think, I think the pandemic did a good thing in this one sense, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, I think it definitely helped with um, pushing the, the voters to understand legalization or pushing legislators to push legalization because it's – like like Nick said, like those industries that didn't shut down and cannabis since it was essential didn't and it grew. And when you look at what that can do in a time of crisis like this with COVID and the economy in, uh, you know, tailspin, you can lean on cannabis revenue to do good things. I think right now, Jersey, Jersey's got a lot to figure out and they know that. And I'm sure there's a lot of details to uncover with their, their task force, um, I think right now all it says that all of their um, uh, it doesn't mention expungement it says diverting all their funds to the police department problematic there and um, there's not I want to quote uh, I wrote this down because I wanted to quote her exactly Jessica Gonzalez who was speaking on behalf of minorities for medical marijuana said in 206 pages nearly 900,000 words 
the word social equity doesn't appear once. So hmm. New Jersey's got work to do, but that doesn't mean that we are in a bad, we are in a better place now than we were even, you know, yeah. a month ago. And so progress, not perfection. Let's, let's keep going. We, we won one, keep pushing, just right. keep going. Right. Right. And there's always the, the, you know, we can always reform that. That same thing happened. Um, Frank and I were out in Illinois uh, shortly after, you know, the news broke that the governor pushed through and they were going to go next. And they knew that plan. They knew that their plan wasn't perfect. And they knew that social equity was going to have to be addressed. But like you said, progress, not perfection. And they're, they're making, they're taking steps to try to, uh, to fix that now too. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and again, the competitive edge comes into play here because if, PA does it better. Here comes Jersey or New York does it better. Here comes Jersey to reform. So let's get <laughs> right. to it. Oh my God. Can we just do one special episode when PA goes and I'll do the entire thing from Delco. I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> I don't know if anybody can hear no, that accent. No, that long I, I, <laughs> I was going to go down and buy uh, cannabis or I don't know if they're calling it weed. We call it reefer uh, back when I was down, you know, get some cannabis, get on a houseboat. And uh, you know, wow, it makes some that's wishes. really <laughs> accurate. That's scary, Nick, that you're that good at the Delco accent. Uh, it's called WIP. Uh, too, <laughs> many, too many years of listening to WIP. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna hang up and listen. Speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, um, so those are the gifts, uh, All right. that, that were given to the cannabis community. Uh, good thank holiday. You. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Francesca, for unwrapping those and, and for the, the, the lovely way that you articulated what they meant uh, for our community. That was, that was highly enlightening, and, and I want to thank you for your participation there. Uh, I just banged the table, so I'm going to get yelled at for that in a little bit. But it's just a joke. Now, look, um, I wanted to ask you uh, real quick, um, Infused... We're, we're new. We're in our second episode is Infused, but I, w- I want to talk to you both about some things in the new year. Mike, we're planning some changes uh, for Infused. So can, can you d- tell us about one of those changes and wh- what's going to take place? Yeah, I think there's a lot of really cool things that we're looking at doing to continue to evolve Infused. And, and one of which that we're actively working on is creating a set on site that we can do some on location filming rather than using our virtual like remote location stuff. So we're looking for early next year, January, February, March, whenever we can safely get back together and and reconvene as a team to bring fifth year back in the mix and bring everybody together and, and do our, and get our set kicked off with a really, really cool kind of comfortable, great vibe set for our, uh, for our show here. So we're going to have a, a set in the new year. We keep planning it. It's, it's great. Every time I get in here, I get, I get some new ideas and, and some other changes on the way, Francesca. We are going to have more people involved. So we want to bring on some guests next year and have you hear from other experts, other people in our industry and um, hear what their experiences are so we can ask them questions, get answers, have new voices in here. And we're really excited about that. We're very excited. The possibility we're going to be talking to people uh, from the industry, people that uh, people that put together trade shows, people that do social advocacy, uh, things like that. We're also going to uh, treat you guys to a couple infused after dark sessions, Uh-oh. where where we're 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 slightly not as you know we're not. They may be a little bit more tongue in cheek and a lot more fun. And we're going to have some opportunity for some audience participation in those things too. After you know 
take a look at a movie and then we're going to get talk about it together and things like that. Um, so infused after dark's coming. Did I miss anything guys? I think that's it for so that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, a that's lot. all we're going to tell. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> There's going to yeah. be surprises to us too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We got to keep some. Well, I think the one thing with us too, is that like, we, we constantly try to reinvent what we're doing and stay fresh and stay ahead of the curve. So like, that's what we know for now, but that gets us to like March probably. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We've learned not to plan too far ahead in this reality yeah. that we're all, we're all slugging through. Um, all right. How about some Christmas cheer? Let's have some fun. Let's, do uh, it. let's have some fun. I'm going to have a cocktail. Oh, you son That's of a right. bitch. I didn't know we were getting cocktails. <laughs> oh, no. Um, actually, is, uh, actually, there's one thing. I, I feel like, doesn't it feel like, like remember the family's not here? I'd like to bring in uh, the man uh, from the newly uh, legalized Garden State of New Jersey, fifth year. <laughs> Jump on in, th- uh, sir. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, buddy. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> Woo, New Jersey. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have a lovely cocktail. I want to thank, here's a gift for me. Dewey Beer Co. is my gift. <laughs> they're, they're the best gift of uh, me. This is a lovely, you hear that? Oh, God, Swishy I'm so pants. jealous. No, but Mike, um, fifth year left you something. Uh, if you look on the table in back of you, there's a package for you. Oh, hold on. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here it comes. Here we go, folks. Mike is moving to the table in back of him to open a present that he didn't know was there before. Yeah, he really didn't know about this at all. This is a total surprise for him. All right, I'm back. Okay, can you describe the package for our listeners? It's the size of a shoebox, and it's fairly heavy. I have a bad feeling if Frank <laughs> left it. It's my favorite line from Star Wars. I get a bad feeling. I really do. After last year's holiday Pollyanna, um, Frank smoked me with a smearing off ice. And this is about the right weight for that. <laughs> oh no. Look at that get look at that wrap jacket. Unwrapping a newspaper. You and- son of a bitch, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the doghouse now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, man Merry Christmas, year. Merry <laughs> Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, buddy. So, oh my God, he can house a four. Mike's currently Smirnoff absolutely destroying ice. the Smirnoff ice right now. Oh this my is God, impressive. Uh, yeah, Mike is really. I'd be there. dead. Yeah, oh, I'd be dead. That thing. Woof. Well, you know. To traditions. Now, <laughs> he's not one to back down from a challenge, whether that's the uh, ice no, that or so otherwise. Easy. Yeah, he does make so, it look easy. While Mike's doing that, while he's enjoying that was it. refreshing. <laughs> that was like a Gatorade for Mike. Oh, wow. Frank, Mike, wow, Mike. you're setting yourself up for a nice raise. <laughs> yeah, I might just have to stay up here in Jersey. I don't know. <laughs> you got cannabis. You don't have that. Mike would trust me. If they found a way to get you a pizza uh, during a staff meeting while you were in, on a Zoom staff meeting, they're going to figure out a way to ice you. Um, I keep burping. It's Frank's fault. So Frank's got to edit it out. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. We'll start with you, Mike. Give me the best Christmas song as well as the worst Christmas song. Start with the best. Ooh, wow. The, the Nat King Cole Christmas song is the classic one. 
It really is. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's hard for me to, to not say that's not my favorite one. Uh, the worst one, whew, wow, that's tough because there's a lot of, like, remakes that are just garbage, like oh, Justin yeah. Bieber remakes of stuff. And, yeah. like, and so I don't know if I have one in particular that jumps out as me, one that I just can't stand. I mean, but there's just a lot of bad, bad remakes. Yeah, yeah, it's like whatever Michael Buble did, you're like, dude, we didn't need you to redo that. We already had Bing Crosby. We're good. We're good. Francesca, what's the best Christmas song? I'm going to be a real basic girl here and go Mariah Carey's um, All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah. You can't uh, help strong. but sing along. Strong. I've never, great marker. It's I've, strong. I've never heard that one. Is there, could <laughs> you sing a little bit? It's rarely played. <laughs> could you sing a little? Um, now tell me the worst one. Christmas Shoes. Christmas Shoes. I don't even yes. know what that is. That's a good it is like know. this really sad story. It is a steaming. It It is is about a kid trying to buy some shoes for his mom who's dying, and it's Christmas, and it's just the most terrible, manipulative bunch of horse shit I've ever heard in a song. I cannot stand it. It doesn't. (laughs) Now I know what to play when you come in. (laughs) 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 Didn't they? Didn't they go an extra step? And doesn't like the kid try to buy the shoes from Jesus for some reason? No, it's because his mom's going to meet Jesus that night. So you got to make sure she's got some nice shoes. Yeah, you want your mom. You want your mom. Mom's got to be wearing the slut pumps when she meets Jesus. (laughs) What is this? I hate that. Oh, my God. Um, it is a steaming it's pile. It's a terrible song. It's Blood a pumps. <laughs> steaming pile of Yuletide shit. No shame. Uh, no Frank. shame in your sex game. Frank. Oh, I'm kidding. Come on. I know. Um, I'm with you. Um, Frank, what's the worst Christmas song? I hate Frosty the Snowman. Yeah? <laughs> Fuck, Frank. Why? Yeah. You don't like don't peanut know. butter? Don't like you don't like Frosty the Snowman? Well, I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I do not not like him. I just don't like the song. Uh, I gotta make a note there. But as far um, as a good song, I, I mean, Feliz Navidad is a great song. The best. I mean, just mumbling through the words when you're hammered at a Christmas party is, is <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> One. There's a there's a scene. <laughs> I can't through the words. I think we need to have a good after dark episode with just Frank sharing things. Like, yeah. Cause every yeah. time there's like a new layer to this onion called Frank. We, uh, yes. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite quotes. All right. We got to make it. We got to make a meme out of that quote just alone. Um, excellent. Uh, mine would be, um, I think the best Christmas song that, that uh, for me is sleigh ride. I just sleigh ride is classic. And actually, like an, a modern redo of that one, Harry Connick does a badass uh, sleigh ride. And that, that's one I used to play in jazz ensemble. And What's the worst? worst? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's Dominic the Donkey. And it's, Ooh, yeah, that's a it's, good one. That's it's a for, real good one. <laughs> it's for a number of reasons. That thing, it doesn't matter what the Italian people do uh, to progress. That thing is going to keep, it's like a, an albatross. And forever, you know, check it out, Dominic the Donkey. What the? It's terrible. It sucks. It, it just yeah, reinforces it really stereotypes. It's a like, you're a, melody too. You're Italian. Where's your Christmas donkey? Yeah. Hey, whoa, hey, hey, come on. <laughs> yeah. All of us Italians, that, we bang be, our. That's got to be a strain name in New Jersey. You know that, right? Dominic the donkey. <laughs> Holy that's a, shit, that's, a good one. that's strong. That's a really good one. <laughs> 
God. They're going to have a whole new set of straight names coming out of New Jersey, too. They are. They are. Frank and I is the Italians here. We, we're, always, we're always getting caught banging our heads against bricks and thinking coins are going to pop out and all those different Mario Brothers stereotypes. It's, true that it's, so it's good that you didn't include me in that. As yeah, a I thought Francesca was. A... I'm Sicilian. I'm not Italian. Oh, uh-oh. Jeez. Okay, here's another. Here we go. A whole another after dark. Cut. <laughs> I, I have one for you guys that I, uh, it actually, Frank just crystallized this actually. He brought up Frosty the Snowman. I want to know about the best villain from a holiday movie in your point of view. And I, I'll, I'll give you one. Remember that Frosty the Snowman uh, cartoon? Kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The villain in that was supposed to be the magician. Now, as an adult, if I see that, I'm like, no, the kids were the villains. <laughs> they were assholes. They did yeah. take that. But, but um, so the, the, the best villain from a holiday special, Francesca. Um, I, I might get roasted for this, but it's, it's Hans Gruber from Die Hard. I, I just, I love, I love him. So he's the best slash worst. I, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. You can't go wrong with Alan Rickman, can mm. you? You can't. You he, cannot. No, he's, he's the greatest. Uh, Frank, do you, the, the favorite, you know, best villain in your opinion from a Christmas special? I don't even know if I've ever watched a Christmas special. Jesus Christ. So this is, this is the clip from this episode. <laughs> this is uh, here, we, see, here we go again. You always ask me a question I've never been <laughs> asked in my whole life, and I don't know the answer. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Frank, have you ever seen like Rudolph or like any of those stop motion claymation Christmas movies? I mean, like maybe, but like, I don't even know who the villain would be. What about in Christmas Vacation? I love Frank. He's the best. Um... No, I think he want. No, we don't want you to find the villain in Christmas. Oh, God. So, Mike, <laughs> Mike, best villain in a Christmas special movie. That's a, that's a good one because there's a, there's a lot of great characters. So, like in Christmas Vacation, you brought up, and I immediately go to the mother-in-law who's always trashing Clark's like <laughs> lights. What a terrible waste of resources! Ah, like her, 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 her I was thinking husband. the neighbors. I was thinking yeah. Marco. neighbors. Todd yes, and Margo. they're awesome. Todd and I mean, Margo. just Christmas Vacation is that's my first, that's my favorite one. I or do. like Uncle Leo. Oh God! <laughs> See, I didn't even think of the mother-in-law. Yeah. You're so right. When they're outside, she's a dick. And she she's is married. a dick. She's married to a dick because he's like those little lights are that twinkling, and then yeah. you're like, oh, you, you bastard. Yeah, but even if you take it back to like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Reindeer. There's all those other reindeer at the beginning who are trashing him because his Come nose. On. They're how like about, dicks. How about his in- own father? I, that was mine. Donner is the villain of that freaking movie. Donner, no son of mine, you asshole. <laughs> you, he's a. You know what? He's about to get me too. That son of a bitch, no son. Of mine. <laughs> Don- Donner, wow, Nick, Donner, <laughs> Donner breakout. <laughs> Oh, uh, this one went. This one went off the rails. Wow! Ah. Not Burger Meister Meister Burger. That was going to be my other one. Yeah, he's too endearing. I endearing. I he outlaws burger. toys. Yeah, then he breaks his own law when he's playing with the yo-yo. Anyway, all right. And, and real quick, holiday movie you can watch over and over again. It's your favorite. 
I'm guessing I shouldn't ask you this one, Frank. Uh, I like Elf. There you okay. go. Okay. Good. So we got. Who's the villain in Elf, Frank? <laughs> Society. <laughs> I guess. I guess the dad, because the dad hates Christmas. So like. Very no, good. No All right. The, mi- the midget could be considered a villain. <laughs> in the <Macy>? Dinklage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that hates the decorations. Yeah, fights him. <laughs> yeah. He fights him. Yeah, yeah. Over the got, book. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad we got the last question answered too. Uh, what's one you can watch or repeat, Mike? Uh, Christmas Story and Christmas Vacation. Those are the ones that are like, yeah. just on. Yeah. Repeat. Yeah. yeah. Very good. But both, I I couldn't agree more. Both unbelievable classics. Francesca, what do you got? Um, well, just real quick, I knew. Um, that Frank's wasn't going to be a Christmas story because when I showed up on camera in my pink nightmare outfit, he had no idea why I was dressed as a bunny. Are you serious? All. None. You should have been. You should have been carrying a bunch of Reese's peanut butter cups from last episode. I, I thought it was like the Energizer bunny or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I think I'm with Mike on Christmas Vacation and Christmas Story, but I will also um, watch A Muppet Christmas Carol over and over. That's a fantastic I haven't seen that in a long time. Best Scrooge ever. Michael Keaton. Best Scrooge ever. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I always have a weird, I have a two-way tie, those little stop motion ones from when I was a kid. Because I think my absolute favorite was Santa Claus is Coming to Town, featuring the Burger Meister Meister Burger. But there is that bizarre Elseworld thing known as santa claus is coming to town with it features the demigods i guess that the, the the miser brothers heat miser and snow heat miser and cold miser whatever yeah i mean you talk about something you could have an edible and really oh, yeah. enjoy oh good lord yeah so that would be mine and that that's our that's our little fun uh, so i have i have twin nephews and we called them one of them was the heat miser and one was the cold <laughs> i think I think that's. I think there was a school play. Now that I think about it, and they were cast as the oh. heat miser and the cold miser. I thought you were just doing that based on personality. I was like, your family's mean. No, no, no. <laughs> we yeah, no. It, it was a school play, which is also a little fucked up too. You think about the teachers, like, <laughs> no, you're the heat miser, and you're the cold miser. Yeah, it's. <laughs> that is so. Funny. Why were we cast? Oh God. So, Nick, real quick, real quick before you wrap up, I have a gift for you. Unfortunately, oh, like some gifts, that I, there's, it's not ready. It's, it's, but my gift for you is a year of TSA passage without being cavity searched. <laughs> for, for those of you who've never tr- had the opportunity to travel with Nick like I have. Oh, it's fun. Virtually every time in the airport, I see people looking at Nick for no reason and they put the rubber gloves on and I just scoot right through and move on. <laughs> and about two beers later, here comes Nick after his cavity search and he's ready to go on his way. For some reason you have a, you must have a look about you cause you get pulled aside every time we go away. Every, every time. Every time. I think, I think, what was it, Frank? We're going to CWCB Expo in, in Manhattan where I got, I got, they got me at a train station. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's hard. You're like the only know. guy ever. Yeah. And I think we had edibles. Somebody saw something and said something. Oh, we definitely <laughs> had edibles. Yeah. We but did. I think the guard dog scared the shit out of you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was mean, and I love dogs. But the the uh, yeah, we had edibles on us, and I just remember just like to be, turn into Frank and be like, "Be cool, be cool," and he's like, "You be cool." So, yeah, we were, I'm gonna get on the train. You let me know what happens. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't blame you, buddy. I wouldn't blame you, Mike. That's that is the gift that keeps on. I didn't giving. know anybody could get back roomed at a train station. Wow. And then Did you like, also get back roomed at a bus. Yeah, and then, that's when you told me when I was like. I was almost out and the guy said, turn your head and cough. And you told me that wasn't normal. That wasn't a part of the real search. Oh, um, yeah. Look, that, that would be a, a true gift. Um, I had this, this next little note here though, to, uh, I wanted to let uh, each of you, uh, the, the, the co-founders of this company, I wanted you to, uh, to, to say something uh to our audience and to, to anyone for, for the holidays. But I wanted to go first and with absolute sincerity, I mean, every word of this, uh, this job, this team, uh, every time I walk into this office when I, I haven't been here in a while and I come in and I'm like, oh, this feels good. I'm inspired. I gotta, I'm inspired to work. I'm inspired to do more or, or do more things. Uh, the, being part of this team is truly a gift. And people can say, um, I'm being um, saccharine or, or whatever. I truly mean that. So um, to all my team, uh, love you guys. And I thank you for this opportunity. And, and in particular, thank you for Infused. This, is, uh, this, has, been, this has been a tremendous gift for me. So uh, just uh, know how much uh, I appreciate it. And I, I extend my, holiday, my, my best holiday wishes to you and yours as you celebrate this month. No, thank you, Nick. Very, Very well nice. said. Thank you. Francesca, would say something uh, to, our, to our audience, to, to, to anyone? Yeah, I think, you know, it's been, it's been such a tough year, but I think what we really wanted to do today, and I hope we did it for everybody, is look back with gratitude because there's always going to be something to be grateful for, even in the worst of times. And um, we are so grateful for everyone we get to work with every day, whether that's in here with our team, or with our clients, or with our clients' customers. Um, we love this community. We love serving this community. And we are so looking forward to many, many more years of doing that. But for now, I want to encourage everybody to take time off, to enjoy being with your loved ones if you can be with them, to miss them if you miss them, and to take care of yourselves and um, the people that you can. Because that's that's what it's all about um you can give but you also have to be open to receive all of those holiday givings and um in order to be able to share them so please enjoy your holiday take the rest everybody needs it and um come back with a lot of love and a lot of laughter and a whole new outset and new opportunities for 2021 beautifully wow. beautifully said beautifully Jeez. said mike I cannot even follow that up. I mean, that was sure you can. I've got a slight buzz from chugging that ice <laughs> a few minutes ago. <laughs> but no, Francesca said some really, really wonderful things, and, and it's really, you know, we talk a lot. You know, when we first started trying to think about this business years ago and what we wanted it to be, we wanted it to be more than just us and more than just our team and more than just our clients. We want to be a part of the fabric of the cannabis community and, and be a part of change and be a part of positive um, influence and a part of positive 
progress for the industry as a whole. And so to be in a position where we can do that and we can continue to grow as individuals and grow as a team and grow as a industry, that's like the best gift I could possibly have. So I'm super grateful for that. I'm excited about what's ahead for us. I'm proud of what we've done. I, I love our team. I mean, we had a staff meeting a week or two ago and I got like a little choked up and Ashley, who's one of our, on our team also kind of called me out on it, but hey, Ashley. Crying? <laughs> yeah. Merry but, Christmas, you know, Ashley. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, I mean, I'm really, I mean, we, like, like we've all said, we have an awesome team and, and it's makes me really proud of what we've done and what we are going to continue to do and the impact that we can hopefully be a part of in this industry. So for that, um, happy holidays, get, enjoy your family, enjoy your time off and 2021. It's got to be better than 2020, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, All with right. the first state TM. having the president-elect, let's hope so. TM, Mike's got to make a bumper sticker out of that. And you know what? <laughs> I, I have... I have my, my notes and my structure here, but, but I think you guys will agree. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't run this by you, but um, honestly, I want to turn it over to, uh, to, to, I want Frank to, you know, his holiday wishes or anything, but, but Frank, um, your work on infused is, has been nothing short of a Herculean effort. You've been amazing. And that we, we did this pivot and you're all in and you've got all the answers. And when you don't have all the answers, you go find them. And you research and you, you, you keep us sounding good and you give us great notes. Um, just know I love you and I love working with you. And I want to thank you for what you bring to Infuse because you, you, you kick ass and you just, you don't even stop. So thank you so much. I want to, I want to give you the floor because, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, thank you so much for the kind words, Nick. And, uh, you know, this has been a treat this past year to see how, far we've grown I know it's been a really hard year we've seen people come and go but you know the laughter the excitement of working with you guys hasn't left you know being up here in New Jersey I was able to actually come down last week to the office and you know I, I, I just miss being around you guys and having our meetings and talking about our ideas and being creative um, and you know, infused is you know a part of that it's something that we all thought of we wanted to do and to see it come to life and um you know work and be successful is like a, a treat um and you know I, I i miss you guys so much and i you know i wish we could all be in the office together but it's been an amazing year and i can't wait to see what 2021 has in store for us because even though it was a hard year we've grown um yeah. you know personally and you know, as far as uh, expanding our business model. And it's, it's truly been a pleasure and uh, you can't wait for the new year. Oh man. Thank well you. said Frank. Love yeah. you Biden. And look, Francesca and Mike to you, uh, steering this ship through these times has not been easy. So know that every single one of the team appreciates it. And we don't, mm -hmm. there's not a day that goes by that we're not conscious of the fact Cheers. Uh, you kept us going. <laughs> Cheers. I have a note here. I've got a note and this is a big note. It's in, it's it's there's a it's high highlighted and it says from the desk of mike patterson i'm supposed to remind everybody to we're available on breaker we're available on google podcasts apple podcasts infused is available on pocket casts radio public and spotify are the ways that you can listen to infused and please hit subscribe that note comes from francesca Please rate, uh, review, and subscribe. It really <laughs> helps us be found by other listeners. Thank you. 
It really does. <laughs> so look, uh, everybody have, have a wonderful holiday season. Have a, a Merry Christmas. Any holiday you, you celebrate, celebrate it with love. Uh, have a, a lovely, safe time. Things are going to get better. Days ahead are bright. They're going to be merry. They're going to be bright. Infused is going to be here with you in 2021. So thank you so much. Uh, we'll join you know join us next time from Dela Who, Dela What, Delaware. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.